What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 11 Recap Show. Great week of football this week. Uh, Awesome to watch. Great games going on. We will get into all of them, but in case anybody doesn't know or you guys are first-time listeners, my name is Cole Haight. This is the All In Man Cave Podcast. This is the Week 11 Recap Show. We're going to go over all the games uh, on the betting front this week. Actually, not too bad. I hope you guys can put up with me for a little bit. I got a little bit of a scratchy throat, uh, screaming a lot, a lot yesterday during the Vikings-Packers game, which, as we will do, as per the usual, uh, go over last on our recap show, which is this show. But uh, not too bad against the spread this week. 9 of 13, not too bad, uh, which means basically went 9 and 4 against the spread. Uh, over-unders, a little bit subpar, 5 of 13, so we went 5 and 8 against the spread as well. Uh, still got one game left tonight, the Monday Night Football game, uh, the Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I will give you my Monday Night Football best bets at the end of this episode. But uh, the EK parlay is already out, uh, 3 for 5 so far if we hit the under uh, for the Monday night football game tonight, then I will be four for six in the parlay. I'm really hoping this parlay hits at some point. Uh, pretty decent odds at 50-some-odd to one this week. So I uh, didn't do too bad, but if I would have parlayed all of the spreads that I would have won, probably been closer to 100 to one. So uh, we'll see if we can get a winner relatively soon. I know that uh, my, my buddy and my coworker, the EK Parlay founder, Mr. Emmanuel Cadane, would be very upset with me that this didn't hit yet. But guess what? He's still the sponsor of the Parlay. So guess what? There you go. Emmanuel, we're going to fucking hit it. I'm telling you, we're going to hit it. So let's get right into the Sunday slate starting in Buffalo, where the Bills got absolutely embarrassed by the Indianapolis Colts, 41-15. to Jonathan Taylor, more than 30 carries, more than 180 yards, and four touchdowns on the ground. Uh, he clearly looks like the best rusher in the league right now. And the thing that really drives me nuts is what are the Buffalo Bills thinking in this game? Now, he's gotten the ball. He gets the ball more than 30 times, so you know what's coming. He's had success all day. You know that Carson Wentz is missing a few of his key receivers that he would like to have uh, going down the field. And if you're going to stop anyone, you got to stop Jonathan Taylor. And they did a terrible job at doing so. Not very, not a very good job uh, by the Buffalo Bills defense. They were, they looked sleepy. It it didn't look, it didn't look right. The the Buffalo hasn't looked right, honestly, all year. Uh, But we're going to flip to the other side of the football. And let's talk about Josh Allen for a little. So, All year, Josh Allen has gotten comparisons. They've won easy games. They've lost harder games. So where do I stand on Buffalo right now? I I don't know. And and I don't want to pick a side yet because I don't want to jump the gun. Uh, A lot of times people jump the gun on decisions, jump the gun on stuff they hear via the internet, are swayed easily. I'm not one of those people. So Buffalo can have a few bad games. Every team is allowed a few bad games. Uh, and if even every great team has a stinker. so And we'll get to a few stinkers this week. But here's the thing. Josh Allen doesn't look like he did last year. Uh, he played above, above and beyond anything expected last year. And, and, and if you thought that that was going to come easy to him at the beginning of this year, uh, you are uh, better than I because I, I didn't think so. 
He's allowed to have a few bad games. Now, this team just looked like they were they were asleep during the whole game. Carson Wentz threw for 106 yards, and they won by 26. They were a seven-point underdog, which means they covered by 33. I just don't understand. And to do it in Buffalo is even more surprising. Uh, the only people who are probably not upset about the Buffalo Bills losing by 26 is everybody who hates the Buffalo Bills and Stephon Diggs fantasy owners, uh, who he got two decent touchdown catches uh, with very little yards. But if you started him in fantasy, at least you got your money's worth to get get those two touchdown passes. But not a very good outing by the Buffalo Bills. Colts looked pretty impressive. They've had a lot of wins against subpar teams, especially in the last few weeks. So let's see if they can carry this into uh, they they their counterparts, the leader in their division, lost on this Sunday, which we will get to in a little bit. But let's see if they can somehow salvage, uh, maybe even competing for this AFC South, uh, but better yet, staying up in the top of the wildcard chase in the AFC. Next game on the docket, the Ravens beat the Bears 16-13 to without Lamar Jackson. Pretty sure Lamar Jackson was going to play, especially when we got to the preview podcast last Friday it looked like he was in line to start in this football game I took the over thinking he was going to start which was in the EK parlay Uh, unfortunately he did not start and his replacement is not him uh, which is why this game was a lot lower than it should have been Uh, also Justin Fields dinged up he had to exit this game Uh, Pretty early on, actually, didn't have really any success, uh, Justin Fields, early, but then he got dinged up. Andy Dalton comes in, throws two touchdown passes. Andy Dalton clearly has a better understanding of football in terms of passing the football, uh, especially in that offense. So Andy Dalton did not look bad, connected with his deep targets, one of them being Darnell Mooney, the other one being Marquise Goodwin, the former track star speed guy that they have also in that wide receiver room. But here's the thing. Uh, Baltimore found a way to win without Lamar, and that's all they needed to do. Now, he said they said he had a stomach flu or a stomach virus, something that was not covid Uh, It seems like everybody who reports any type of injury uh, that has to do with uh, not not a physical injury, but more or less an an internal viral injury, whether you have a cold, a stomach flu or what have you, it's either COVID or not COVID. Uh, If anybody else has noticed that via Twitter, via blogs, via NFL coverage, news, podcasts, anything, it seems like it's either COVID or not COVID. COVID related illness, non COVID related illness, to be specific as to what they report, but uh, there were Matt Nagy firing chants in Chicago. It's it's bad. I don't know uh, that that franchise right now with Matt Nagy and their terrible GM Ryan Pace. They have a lot of things to figure out, and I'm, there's a very good chance they both get fired at the end of this season. Uh, wasting, basically wasting Justin Fields, uh, not starting him at the beginning of the year. Their offense has been subpar. Their defense has given up a lot. Uh, some of the things they can't control being injuries and what have you, that's also hurt them. So uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are not in a good spot right now. Uh, the Bears are slipping into May play spoiler uh, by the end of the season, uh, being at 3-7. and seven, That's typically where these spoiler teams end up sitting through 10 weeks. Or 10 games, I guess I should say. Uh, But not a good game to watch. Uh, The under hit by a lot 
Uh, and I apologize to anybody out there. That was the one game I thought was a, a, a few, for sure anything that I could think of that would have definitely hit with Lamar Jackson in against a struggling Bears defense. Uh, he was able to he's able to exploit them at where they've been hurting uh, at the cornerback position and also up front with all the injuries. I, I thought they were going to be able to run the football at a decent pace. And also, Lamar Jackson was going to be able to run for over 200 yards in this game. He did not play. His replacement, Tyler Huntley, not the best quarterback. So, uh, not a great a great game to watch. But uh, the Bears lost, so I'm not complaining. Next on the docket, the Browns beat the Lions 13-10. to This game was also not a fun game to watch. I, I took the over. I have no idea why I took the over in this game. I... I still thinking in my head of as to why I would do so uh, but I did take the Lions plus the points and that was in the parlay so uh, this is it's oh, the Lions have so many heartbreaking losses with the fight of that football team and losing by less than a score not even less than a score but less than a touchdown I guess I could say it, they're all heartbreaking losses and and to be honest with you running the football against the Browns is not easy and the Lions ran for 168 yards total today well, I guess not today, but but Sunday, since I'm recording this on at 4:15 on on a Monday. But they threw for for 77 yards and rushed for 168. Tim Boyle started with Jared Goff being dinged up with the ribs, or it's an abdominal injury, uh, an oblique, something something in the 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 core region. And Dan Campbell's already made it very clear that he does not like. Jared Goff as their starting quarterback and that's based on some of the media some of the stuff he said to the media it, it just seems like they're not on the same wavelength um, so I, I think honestly in that trade uh, Stafford for Goff they were more interested in the picks than they were in Jared Goff thought that they would at least make them somewhat competitive, but I think they're going to end up moving on from him at some point relatively soon. Uh, I would advise them to move on now if it wasn't a huge cap hit and a huge problem, which is probably the only reason why he's still on the roster. But uh, Jared Goff has looked bad. Tim Boyle looked terrible. Uh, 77 yards passing on, on, what, 25, 26 attempts? Uh, that's terrible. It's absolutely awful, and I... Sorry for all the Lions fans out there, uh, but it's going to be a very sad season for you guys. Switching sides, uh, Baker Mayfield drama again. This drama finds this man everywhere. He's he's got as much drama as he does commercials right now. Off the field, upset, doesn't want to talk to anybody. It's visibly upset after they win the football game. Walks back to the locker room by himself. It's a disaster. It, he's playing hurt. He's probably being forced to play hurt. If I was him, I would tell the coaches that I'm not prepared. Just so that he doesn't risk further injury. That's basically where I'm at. Now listen, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan. I don't think he's the best quarterback. But he's a decent quarterback. And for somebody to play injured to a point where they could... M- make huge, huge problems for the rest of their career based on re-injuring that or injuring it to a point where it can't return to where it once was is a huge problem in the NFL. And these players come out of college, they spend their lives getting ready for the NFL. Only a few get in. And if your dream is to play in the NFL and you've played for a few years, you're looking at a, a record deal, a record 
contract you're looking at right now and you're forced to play through an injury and now you can't return to what once was that that's a that's a it's something going to be hard to deal with if you're Baker Mayfield so I would tell the coaches listen I'm I'm just take me off like I gotta sit it hurts I can't do it I I don't want to risk further injury I get that it's an issue but you got to have that conversation and I know we're getting into the nitty-gritty of NFL football players and psychology and all this stuff that's not me describing NFL football, but that's honestly how I feel about it. Like, if he's hurt, he should not be playing. Anybody else on that team that has that injury is not playing. But they don't want to put Case Keenum in for what ha- for whatever reason, and they think Baker gives them the best chance to win with a torn labrum. And he's had a multi, he had multiple secondary injuries for the past few weeks, whether it be his knee, his foot. It's 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 a problem, and he cannot continue to play like that because it's gonna be it's gonna be a problem moving forward. And this game, if nothing else, proved that if the Browns can't run the football and they don't play solid defense, they're not winning football games. Baker Mayfield is not throwing for 350 yards for them to win football games. It's not happening. Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 130 yards in this game, carried him through. Defense played well against the pass, even though they didn't play well against the run, which is basically what I counted on, honestly. But uh, what do you do with Baker? Uh, that You guys heard my soapbox. I, I just don't. And what do the Lions do as of right now? Take as much positivity as you can from the rest of this season and just flip the script. Get rid of all the problems. They've done most of that in free agency. So get rid of most of the problems and start over. Next on the list, the Texans beat the Tennessee Titans 22-13. to The worst team in the AFC beat the best team in the AFC. Uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, this statistic shocked me. I did not watch a single snap of this football game. Not a single snap. It was on the same time the Vikings were on. There's no single way I was changing the channel to watch the Texans play the Titans. Total yards, 420 total yards to 190. Which team had which? You know the probably the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's opposite, which you would be correct. 420 total yards for the Titans who lost by nine and 190 yards total offense for the team that won by nine. The Texans. Unbelievable. Unbelievable statistic. This is exactly what I tried to tell you guys about the Titans. There is one way that the Titans are successful. Their defense needs to be good enough, and Tannehill cannot throw from the shotgun. What did Tannehill do in this game? Throw from the shotgun. A lot of times. He had four interceptions in this football game. Four. The the Texans had multiple drives of less than five yards, and scored 13 points off of those drives from less than five yards. Uh, unbelievable because of the turnovers. The turnovers were the issue for Tennessee here. Uh, I've lost faith in Tennessee. They need to show a bounce back. They need to show that they can throw the football at some decent clip and be able to go off game script and make plays because you can't lose to the Jets and lose to the Texans and expect to make a deep push into the playoffs. Now, I haven't lost faith for the Titans to make the playoffs, but the Titans are one of the teams that I had looking at that could make it to the Super Bowl. Now, the Derrick Henry injury is a huge issue, and it's something that we need to keep an eye on in terms of how to predict the outlook for the Titans as a team. But I didn't think they were going to be this bad against those two teams. 
Now, the defense has been good, and against the Texans, that's not saying much, but how long can they last? But you're, it's, it needs to be a symbiotic relationship between the offense throwing the football and the defense stopping the other team. It needs to be symbiotic. One helps the other. That's it. That, that's what it comes down to, and I don't think that they have that right now. Still, for the third week in a row, not able to run the football with any type of success in terms of all three of their running backs. And Ryan Tannehill looked like he was throwing risky passes all day, and they were getting picked off all day. Next on the list, the Dolphins beat the Jets 24-17. to Let's talk about a few quarterbacks that you wouldn't typically talk about in terms of a game recap. Tua Tonga-Vailoa looked good in this game. Very good. Completion percentage good through for over 250 yards. Two TDs, one pick, not really his fault. Uh, Tua looked good. And, and honestly, the Miami defense has been very good the past three games, and they're 3-0 and in those games. They were 1-7. They're currently set at 4-7. and seven. We were talking about Brian Flores and Tua Tonga-Vailoa getting traded, traded. Brian Flores getting fired and a huge shakeup on this football team when they were 1-7 and seven and a bad loss at that to get them to 1-7. and seven. But they've won the last three weeks. Granted, they've won against two bad teams and a decent team, but they've only given up 9, 10, and 17 points in their last three games. So Brian Flores' defense has been performing well. They did good enough to win in this game, and they did good enough to win in this game against Joe Flacco, who didn't look terrible. If you guys remember from the the uh, the preview episode, uh, the preview recap episode uh, that I came out with on Friday, if you guys didn't see it, please go back in the feed and listen to it. But I wasn't. I am not a huge Joe Flacco fan. Not at this point of his career. I didn't think he had a chance in hell to throw for this many yards in this game or have any success through the air. But he threw two TDs over 280 yards passing. Uh, Elijah Moore, the rookie out of Ole Miss, looked good. He looked super good in this game. Big 62-yard touchdown catch. Uh, but the Miami defense is the difference maker the last few weeks, and that's what you need to hold yourself to for any Miami Dolphins fans out there. Now, my one fantasy football league this year, I don't own a defense. Uh, but if I were to draft a defense in a fantasy league at the beginning of this season, I would have taken the Miami defense for sure. They've been they've had the injury bug. Things have happened. There's been huge issues on that side of the football, but not in the past few weeks. And they're winning games that they need to win. Now, do I still think that they can compete for the division? Absolutely not. But you can never count out a team, especially that has the ability to play that good of a defense or that well on defense, I guess I should say. You cannot count them out for going on a run. Now, can they win? They have seven losses. Can they go, well, what would we say, six and one? They they could go six and one. Why wouldn't? Why couldn't they? Could they go five and one, go six and one? Make a run. Uh, get Maybe sneak into the AFC wildcard race. Maybe. It's, it's very possible. Next game on the list, the Eagles beat the Saints 40-29. to Trevor Simeon ain't going to get this done. If you're a Saints fan out there, I, I have no idea. I, I did, didn't do due diligence. I'm sorry, my due diligence on Alvin Kamara and what is going on with him. Uh, but I think it's the second straight game he hasn't played. 
Mark Ingram looked okay. He looked good enough to get the job done, but Trevor Simeon's not going to get it done for that de- for that team. He's not. And the, the problem, and going into this football game, it was the Saints defense against the Philadelphia offense, especially Philadelphia offensive run. That was, that was the goal and what to look at in terms of the outcome of this football game. Now, Philadelphia, 242 yards rushing in this game uh, amongst three main components. Also, in their last four games, the, the Eagles have rushed for over 800 yards. It, I, I mentioned it multiple times, and, and it could be at exhaustion at this point, but the Eagles' offense in terms of running the football is super underrated. Super underrated. And there's a lot of stuff going around right now. There's a lot of people in the media that are talking about Jalen Hurts and what's too much, what could happen. Jalen Hurts is in a perfect scheme right now or the Eagles have made a perfect scheme for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback that's going to drop back 45 times and throw the ball 45 times. It's ne- it's never going to work. And, and Nick Sirianni, granted, he looked like a buffoon when he was hired. He's been doing a pretty good job. Now, we've talked about the Eagles – schedule moving forward they got two against the Washington football team two against the Giants one against the Jets and one against the Cowboys that's a very easy schedule they could go on a run so uh, Jalen Hurts is not going to be that quarterback that drops back that many times he, he's gonna get your 20 to 25 dropbacks get the get rid of the ball get it to your hot routes see make good decisions and if not tuck it and run Jalen Hurts is a good running quarterback now, am I going to put him top 10 of all time as running quarterbacks? No. But he looks like he's on his way, depending on what happens, and if the Eagles decide to even keep him. Remember, they have three first-round picks, all of them probably in the top 15. So if they like a quarterback in this draft, it's a perfect time to do it. Now, the quarterbacks in this in this college draft coming up, this upcoming draft, don't look amazing. But if they fall in love with them, I don't know. I, let's see what happens by the end of the season. And we'll see if Philadelphia is even interested in up and even thinking about getting rid of Hurts and getting somebody else or even drafting somebody else. Next on the list, the Washington football team beat the Panthers 27 to 21. Revenge games galore. Cam Newton with the double revenge game against Ron Rivera, former head coach on the Panthers. And against the same team that let him go. So I would call that a revenge game again. So double revenge game against the Panthers who let him go. And then Ron Rivera, who now coaches for the Washington football team, who also basically okayed him leaving. And then Taylor Heineke, who was on, he was a backup for the Panthers as well, just came in and absolutely gave him the business. Terry Scary McLaurin comes out hot, five catches, 105 yards and a TD. Looked great in this game. Uh, good, good to see since he's had some, some lower leg issues on both of his legs throughout the season so far. Uh, Curtis Samuel still nowhere to be found, who was supposed to be a difference maker on the offense for the Washington football team. Taylor Heineke still gets it done. Gibson had a good day as well. Um, but two things I want to I want to note from this football game that are very interesting. One being any Washington football team fans out there. Uh, your offense and your defense looks pretty good the last few weeks. Against the Bucks, offense looked good. Defense held them. 
uh, similar in this game, honestly. So they're trending in the right direction for sure. Uh, So as a Washington football team fan, formerly the Redskins, honestly, I would be not too upset uh, if I was a Washington football team fan uh, through 10 weeks. Sorry, through 10 games, I guess you should say. They look okay. Uh, they're going to have to address the the quarterback position at some point. Taylor Heineke looks like he's good enough to get you through, similar to a Case Keenum, uh, when he play, even when he played for the Vikings. Uh, good, solid backup can get you through a few seasons, have a good a few good games here or there, but it's not going to get you over the top. Their defense has a lot of great, great players um, with a lot of promise I guess we should say as well as the offense in terms of the playmakers so a a quarterback that they would be able to obtain would be awesome Um, and I've heard a lot of things about Kirk Cousins back to the Washington football team which is very interesting but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later or not at all to be quite honest with you but uh, that's the one thing Washington football team fans do not panic you still have a shot. The NFC is blown wide open. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But I just want to make sure that fantasy owners out there understand what it means to have Cam Newton as your starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. It means two things. Number one, the Panthers offense is never going to be able to throw the ball down the field. Cam Newton cannot throw the ball down the field. That's just the reality. You saw a few passes through for a little less than 200 yards in this game on, I think it was 16 completions. 16 completions, 180 yards, something like that. Didn't have a lot of completions down the field. Did find Christian McCaffrey on a seam route uh, deep into the football game uh, where he was able to score. But that's who I want to talk about is Christian McCaffrey. He's going to see a lot less carries now. And that's going to impact fantasy football. Uh, by a lot, whether it be daily or or yearly fantasy football. Christian McCaffrey is going to see a lot less carries now that Cam Newton is the starting quarterback in Carolina. I'm interested to see if this continues even when Sam Darnold gets healthy because I think forcing Cam not to run and giving Christian McCaffrey the amount of rushes he wants and that they need is more harmful Uh, Being that I think Sam Darnold has the better ability to throw the football down the field. So I think Sam Darnold is better than Cam Newton in terms of overall what that team needs to be successful, assuming their defense plays well. Uh, But I'm interested to see what they see what they do uh, when Sam Darnold is healthy enough. Does he sit on the bench and let Cam keep going? Does P.J. Walker, who is technically right now their backup, take on some type of Taysom Hill role? It's very interesting as to how this is going to shake up. But the Washington football team, big win this week. The NFC East has been up in the air all season. They started off very sluggish, and the Cowboys started off very hot. The rest of the team started to get a little bit hotter as the Cowboys get a little bit colder. So we'll see in the next few weeks how this NFC shakes up. But the Cowboys Cowboys are... Are in first still by by multiple games, but but we'll see what happens as this starts to shake up. Next on the list, the 49ers beat the Jaguars 30 to 10. I feel so stupid not putting this in the parlay. Uh, I should have took the 49ers minus the points, but I felt a bad game from Jimmy Garoppolo, which did not happen. 
Uh, but Jimmy G is in a similar comparison or I guess similar situation to Jalen Hurts. You can't let Jimmy drop back 39 times, 45 times, 50 times. He can't do it. And that offense with Kyle Shanahan is based off of zone running scheme with a pitch play available. He loves the pitch. He loves running outside. It sets up a lot of what he wants to do on offense. I don't I don't like when Jimmy G goes out and tries to do too much because that's when he gets himself in trouble. Uh, but when he doesn't have to do that, he's very effective, similar to a Kirk Cousins type quarterback. Uh, but I really want to talk about is the combo between Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. Those three players, granted, have not been on the field. I don't think a single game all season, all healthy. Maybe week one early into the season. But other than that, one of them has been dinged up or one of them has been not performing well. Um, the not performing well is mostly Brandon Ayuk, who came out and had a very good game. Uh, eight catches in this game, which he, I think he only had like 22 catches going into this game the entire season. So good to see from him. Debo Samuel involved, as he always is in the pass game and in the run game. And George Kittle is just everywhere on the field. He's asked to do a lot. Only four catches for 34 yards, but he did have a touchdown. He's in on a lot of blocking plays, especially with how much how often they run the football. It's very impressive to watch. So I expected San Francisco to come out and take care of business, but at the same time, I was hesitant because it's just one of those games where Jack, the Jaguars come out and just have a backdoor cover. It just seemed like that to me, which is why I didn't want to put it in the parlay, but... Uh, there's one last thing here, and, and I don't want to hammer Jacksonville because they, they're, they've they been struggling this season, mainly due to their coaching, uh, but that's what we're going to talk about again here. Uh, Urban Meyer, his scheme, it, it, it seems like he doesn't have one. Like, you got to scheme up plays. you got to have plays ready to go. They don't have no players on the Jaguars. Like, no good – it's not like all their entire roster is crap. Like, LaVisca Chenault is a very good player with decent speed. Marvin Jones Jr., great 50-50 ball catches. He's a great route runner. And they have James Robinson to run the football. With Trevor Lawrence, one of the best draft prospects in the past 10 years. Like, you can't tell me you can't scheme up an offense that is at least decent at something. It just just seems like he doesn't care. It's like, so compare the two coaches real quick. Let's compare Kyle Shanahan to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is a college football coach. What Urban Meyer wants to do is he wants to recruit. You don't recruit in the NFL. You scheme in the NFL, and that's what Kyle Shanahan loves. He loves to come up with scheme. He's one of the great offensive minds in the game. Urban Meyer doesn't seem like he wants to coach in the NFL, nor does his personality and what he wants fit. It doesn't fit the Jaguars, and it's doing everybody on that team a disservice. The Jaguars, already one of the smallest markets in terms of the NFL, have to deal with this now. I've said this to exhaustion, but I'm going to continue to say it because I don't believe that. I don't believe that there's a chance in hell. I think Urban Meyer stops coaching the Jaguars before the end of the season. I don't think that he gets to week 18. I don't think there's a chance in hell. Next on the list, the Bengals beat the Raiders 32-13. to uh, The only Raider that seemed to show up in this football game was Darren Waller. Seven catches, 116. 
Uh, Derek Carr looked awful in this game. The the Bengals defense finally off the schneid after the last two weeks and the bye of being considered subpar. Defense showed up here. Uh, the Raiders weren't able to run the football. C- Cincinnati gets back into the AFC race, the AFC North race. Uh, that division looks similar to... Uh, the AFC West in terms of the closest divisions in football right now. But with Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, uh, and even the Browns, they're all very close. It's almost like a mirror image of each other with them in the AFC West with the Chiefs, Raiders, uh, Chargers, and the Broncos. But this might even be a closer closer chase uh, in terms of uh, overall teams and and where they're going to end up win-loss ratio. But... This game is just, and I didn't see a lot of it. I've seen, I saw a few plays on on NFL Game Pass. Um, I didn't watch a lot, maybe a few minutes, which was probably equal to a few drives. Uh, but the Raiders are struggling right now, and it's a combo of a lot of things that we've gone over already. But I think the coaching, the the coaching going on right now is not where they need it to be. And I think the players, as young as their roster is, and they're relatively young, especially on the offensive side of the football, I think they're highly impacted by what's gone on this season. And it's a lot to process as a human being. Uh, Losing a coach with things that were sketchy, beyond sketchy, that he said via emails, uh, with losing one of two of their uh, first-round picks the last few years, uh, one, because he doesn't know how to handle himself off the field in terms of having guns and and something of that nature. And then uh, what happened with Henry Ruggs and the DUI and the car crash. It's, it's a lot to process. And I think this team is truly distracted. Now, I, I don't know how you overcome that. I've never gone through all that on at a professional level. Uh, it happens in real life all the time, and it's hard to cope with and just as a normal human being that's not on a big stage. But it's something to take into consideration when you think as a Raiders fan and as a football fan in general as to why this team's not performing. Uh, that's got to be a big influence of it. There's got to be a reason that, that they've come out and looked flat the last three to four weeks, and all of it has happened in that time frame. Now, granted, they did win a few games right after Gruden was 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 dismissed. He resigned, I guess, technically, but I don't know. It's, it's a lot for the Raiders right now. And on the flip side, I hope everybody didn't overreact to the Jamar Chase, like breaking records in terms of yards. This happens all the time in the NFL. You have players that go multiple games, uh, it and they have a really good stretch. Then they have a really bad stretch. You could say that about Justin Jefferson starting the season for the Vikings this year. He had a good last few games, uh, but before that, he did struggle for a few. It seems like Jamar Chase is going to be involved in this offense, especially in the red zone. But they're going to be able to start doubling him, especially as people get more tape on him. They're going to be able to double him. They're going to be able to do all this. All of this background to try and stop the number one targets, make sure that they have two defenders on that target. You see it all the time. It's it's not it's not the the eighties and the and the nineties where pure skill was enough to get past. There's a lot more innovative ways to how football works, especially in the last few years, uh, that people have been using and taking off of other coaches and other teams as well. So, uh, good win by the Bengals. Way to stay in it. 
Um, and the Raiders just need to figure out what they are. Next on the list, the Chiefs beat the Cowboys 19-9. The Eagles are coming for Dallas, and I mentioned this before when we went over the Eagles game. Uh, Dallas has a relatively easy schedule, not as easy technically as the Eagles versus PFF and their rankings, uh, but Dallas has been inconsistent. And, and granted, they missed a lot of people in this game due to injury and due to COVID. Uh, obviously, Amari Cooper... Uh, test positive for COVID out for 10 days. That happened earlier in, I guess, midweek. Uh, so he was out. C.D. Lamb early in the football game, somewhere in the first half, uh, ruled out with a concussion, as well as Zeke, who uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who limped off the field multiple times uh, towards the end of the game. So that might be something to take a look at uh, in terms of fantasy and in terms of you're a Cowboys fan. But uh, they got hit by the injury bug. Uh, but enough about the Cowboys. Uh, and they have a lot of work to do. Not a good performance by them. The Eagles have an easy schedule. They're two, I guess what you say, they're two wins behind in the win column, uh, but three losses behind. So obviously the Eagles are going to have a bye at some point. But um, the Chiefs are back. And, and I liked it. Pat Mahomes, not the biggest stat line. Uh, his completion percentage a little bit low. 260 yards passing and a pick. No touchdown passes. Uh, but he looked like he had command. Uh, and that's mainly because of uh, one thing that I noticed. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey showed up where they needed to, like they always do for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was something solid they could rely on in the run game. That's not what they've been getting. And I'm not the biggest fan of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in terms of the player. I think he was a little overhyped coming out of the draft. But he was giving them solid runs when they needed to get solid runs. And that's something you need to see from your running back. It doesn't matter if he's uh, an extreme top five running back or if he's run of the mill that gets you to where you need to be. And that's what the Chiefs need right now, especially if their defense is going to perform the way that they've continued to perform. This team is playing amazing on defense right now. Chris Jones, three and a half sacks. They were getting to Dak all day. The Cowboys have a top 10 offensive line. And, and the Chiefs were making them look like chumps. It was awesome to watch. Saw a decent amount of that game. Uh, didn't see the whole thing, but a decent amount of that game. It was a fun one to watch. Every time I don't pick the Chiefs to cover, they cover. And every time I pick the Chiefs to cover, they don't cover. So I'm not surprised that I took Dallas plus two and a half. I didn't expect all these injuries. I didn't think all this was going to happen when I made these picks on Friday afternoon. But the Cowboys are are reeling right now, and they need some help. And the Chiefs aren't too far off from being back where they were the last two years when they're getting to Super Bowls. Next on the list, the Cardinals beat the Seahawks 23-13. to Colt freaking McCoy, let's do it. 35 of 44 for over 300 yards. How does Seattle give up that to Colt McCoy? This man is... A journeyman backup that hasn't started a football game in a while. And when he does, he's never that effective. He looked great in this game. DeAndre Hopkins still not playing. He's been dinged up. Uh, but Cole McCoy gets it done. And I'm going to give myself kudos again because I called Zach Hurts on my likes. Uh, likes versus dislikes for fantasy football last week, the Wednesday episode. Uh, last Wednesday for the podcast. Uh, Zach Ertz, amazing. Eight catches, 88 yards, and two TDs. Anybody who started him, that's almost 30 fantasy points. What was that, 29? Yeah, 29, a little a little less than 29 fantasy points. 
great for Zach Ertz. Great to see him successful, uh, considering he took basically a backdoor seat to Dallas Goddard for no reason. Uh, the past, the last year he was in Philadelphia, Philadelphia did the same thing to to Brent Selleck when Zach Ertz was there. I don't know why they end up just kicking tight ends to the curb. It's just it doesn't really make any sense. But uh, that that's a soapbox I don't need to get into. But Zach Ertz, big day. Uh, the Cardinals stay relevant. They stay relevant in this football game. It's great to see. Uh, the fact that Cole McCoy can come in and have that performance is actually very impressive. Very impressive. And he was running the football uh, pretty successfully, not, not, not to mention. And I never thought Cole McCoy was a scrambler of the football, but he looked pretty decent. Last thing I want to talk about is all these memes going around with DK Metcalf. The, I love the meme market. And by the meme market, I mean like literally everything that's out there for these football players. It, there's a meme out. I don't know if any, any of you have seen it. If not, look it up. Uh, very easy to type in Google these days on your cellular device. Uh, but the, the, the hair color meme, DK Metcalf has changed his hair color four times. And they have photos of him on field without his helmet of the four hair colors. And he has more hair, hair colors than they have wins. It's the Seattle Seahawks look like a disaster. And, and the hottest take of this episode, I think they clean house. I think Seattle cleans house because I, their owner uh, and general and, and their GM, I feel like they've had it with what's happened and based on their projections. I know Russ was dinged up for a few weeks. I get that. Uh, and I understand Geno Smith is not Russell Wilson. Uh, but based on what Russell Wilson did in the offseason with requesting a trade and did he, did he not, is he here complaining, and the fact that Pete Carroll hasn't been able to do much of anything for the last few years, I think the Seattle cleans house this year. I think they're done. They're going to get rid of Russ. They're going to get rid of Pete. There's going to be a lot of people that leave that football team, and they're going to try and start start fresh. So keep that in mind as uh, as you see this unfold possibly in the offseason this year that uh, it looks like the Seahawks are going to clean house for sure. Next on the list, the Sunday night football game, the backdoor cover. The Chargers beat the Steelers 41-37. to I took the under of 46.5. I look like an idiot right now by taking that. However, the Steelers did cover. Uh, Steelers plus 5.5, so we hit on that one. Uh, but Big Ben still has a little bit left in the tank, and you could see that based on what he did in the fourth quarter. Now, granted, uh, it wasn't a situation where it was technically garbage time, but the Steelers scored 27 points in the fourth quarter. So, like, uh, and they were leading the football game until the end of the fourth quarter. They were down 27-10 to 10 and came rearing back to a 37-34 to 34 lead late into the fourth quarter, in which case Justin Herbert said, psych, nah, and hit Mike Williams on a deep touchdown pass. But Justin Herbert, I, I, I don't understand this man. He goes weeks without performing, and then one week absolutely performs. He's probably going to have another few good games in a row, and then he's going to hit another slump. I don't understand what's going on with him this year. But uh, 382 yards passing, three touchdowns, one pick, uh, and he had nine rushes for 90 yards, including a very long, I think it was like a 36-yard run. Justin Herbert looked good. It looked like he could run wherever he wanted against a defense that, to be quite frank, is pretty decent. Uh, even with all the, the injuries that the Steelers have endured this season, their defense is still pretty good, and they gave up a lot to Justin Herbert, a lot. Last thing I'm going to say about this football game, 
Uh, Austin Eckler is probably one of the most underrated running backs in the league. Now, I know he had a bad game against the Vikings uh, last week. Not very good in terms of that, but uh, two touchdowns receiving, two touchdowns rushing. I know he's small. I know people think he doesn't have much speed in terms of running between the tackles, which he doesn't, let's be honest. But he's good enough to be their starting running back. Now, there's a lot of people out there that don't think so. I would poo-poo that. I'm not the biggest fan of just like letting random people rush uh, versus a man I know that can perform and give me everything that I need. Now, granted, most of his success is in fantasy football, not in real football. So he's not running for over 100 yards. He's not rushing for multiple. He's a running back at the end of the day. And he doesn't get much rushing respect, I guess you could say. But he gets the job done, and he he is to that football team what they need him to be, a reliable target for just for Justin Herbert, and he's able to get you three, four yards of carry. He's proven that multiple times. So I don't know what the hate for Austin Eckler is, but I will draft him every year in fantasy, and I'll also root for him because he's a stand-up guy. Finally, we've reached the Vikings the Vikings beat the dirty Green Bay Packers. Sorry for any Packers fans out there. Uh, but there's a lot at work that have been pissing me off all week. So I had to get that one out a little bit. Uh, Vikings beat the Packers in a last-second field goal at the end of regulation, 34-31. to Most surprising part in this football game is going to sound weird to you guys, but the play, the, the referees, they were actually pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. The referees were pretty good in this game. There were a few bad calls, one big bad call on both sides of the football. There was a defensive defensive pass interference called on the, on the Packers. I have no idea who they were calling it on. I watched it 65 times, could not figure it out. Gave the Vikings a big first down in the third quarter, but I, I and and the Vikings uh, the, there was a holding call called and the guy didn't even have his hands on. It was so confusing. But the, the the referees were pretty decent in this game. I know I said I was going to stop talking about the referees. I said I was going to try. If you guys remember a few episodes ago of me saying that. They were decent in this football game. Pretty decent. But there's multiple things we take out of this. Number one, the Minnesota Vikings situational defense is horrible. Horrible. And I know I'm bringing up negativity in a Vikings win. However, their situational defense in terms of making sure people do not get first downs and making sure you don't get burnt on seam routes for 83 yards at the end of the football game has been killing them all season, and they continuously do it. Now, the one thing that I really took away from this is that they held A.J. Dillon intact as much as you possibly could. 11 carries, 53 yards. I thought he was going to have a day against this Minnesota Vikings interior. But Armin Watts showed up. Dalvin Tomlinson showed up. We've got decent pressure on Rodgers all day. And their run defense was was decent. Their pass defense got absolutely obliterated. Aaron Rodgers, 385 and four TDs. Two of them to Devontae Adams. One to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They had combined Scantling and... um, Devontae Adams both combined for over 220 yards receiving. So it's just it's something that you got to deal with, uh, especially when you're playing the Packers. 
But their situational defense was horrible all day. Uh, third and shorts, not getting the job done. Third and longs, them getting close to first downs, giving up big plays at the end of the football game. It, it's, it, it looked like they were a bit off. And for Mike Zimmer, he's probably furious about it since he's considered one of the defensive gurus, although I think that he is not a guru on defense, considering our defense has been subpar all season. But uh, it's Kirk Cousins again. He comes out of nowhere, 340, 300, over 340 yards and three touchdowns, two of them to Justin Jefferson and one to Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook with a rushing touchdown. Dalvin Cook had a good day. One thing I do want to bring up, all these people talking about the Vikings can trade Dalvin Cook. What? Oh, they're a, I guess the, the, the statement of the week is the Vikings are a passing, high-octane passing offense. Therefore, they don't, do not need Dalvin Cook. What? The reason they're able to find these wide receivers down the field is because of the scare of Dalvin Cook. That's the whole point. So, like, if you get rid of Cook, you now can no longer throw the football, nor are they scared of the run. So, that's completely irrelevant. Thielen and Jefferson, like I said, huge game. Huge game. Thielen at 8 for 82 in a TD. Jefferson, 8 for 169 in a two TDs. Should have been three, honestly, but we we won't talk about that. Uh, but the 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 pa- I know I know I seem like a homer. It's all Viking stuff. I know I seem like a homer. So let's bring in the Packers stuff. So a lot of stuff positive. Uh, MVS looked great. Marquez Valdez Scanling looked great in his comeback. I know he was back last week, but they thought maybe he would have issues running. Uh, issues running routes looked great, even against Patrick Peterson on most of his routes. And Patrick Peterson's no no junker in terms of a corner, uh, but he looked good. Da- uh, Devontae Adams looked good. Aaron Rodgers, uh, who played well, is the person that I'm going to talk about right now. Him coming out after the game saying that he was injured the whole game. The turf toe was an injury. He has turf toe confirmed, even though he hasn't seen a doctor yet. Typical Aaron Rodgers response. Like, come on, dude. You lost the football game. Stop with the excuses. Come on, man. You chose to stay in the game. You played. That's on you. If you're going to come out afterwards and try and use excuses, I don't I don't respect that. I don't respect it at all. It was a very hard fall game on both sides of the football. Both sides of both sides of the football. Vikings offense and defense and the Green Bay offense and defense. Tough game. Uh, a lot of special teams, a lot of weird plays, a lot of overturned turnovers, a lot of weird stuff in this football game, which typically happens when these two teams play. Uh, what big win for the Vikings staying in the hunt for the NFC uh, in terms of the wild card race. I know Green Bay still had by multiple games in the division. Not hold my breath for a divisional win this year, but great win. Uh, big game next week. Going to be in the uh, 425 Eastern time slot. Uh, for the Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers, both five and five in the division. Sorry, both five and five in the NFC Wild Card race. So big game next week. But uh, good to see from the boys. Good to uh, once again one possession game at the end of the game. I'm not surprised. I've I've been dealing with this all season. It's almost like a. It doesn't even worry me anymore because I just expect it at this point. Uh, but big win for the boys. Uh, I love it. It's great to see. Football team looks pretty good. Defense needs to step it up. Uh, but Green Bay doesn't have anything to worry about. Uh, they looked good in this game offensively, and and the Vikings had a good game offensively as well, but their defense showed what they are. 
Uh, and I've, they've been overperforming. I've mentioned that multiple times throughout the last few weeks. Uh, but but Green Bay and, and the Vikings have these types of games where uh, not what you expect happens uh, and not what you thought happens. So uh, not surprised at all. Big win, though. Uh, I did take the under. Uh, and I took the Green Bay Packers minus one because I lost faith in my, uh, I had my heart and my head two different telling me two different things, and I went with the wrong one, uh, even though I thought the Vikings had a shot to win this game, uh, but I thought Green Bay had a way better shot. All right, we have reached the Monday Night Football best bets. So the line has changed for the Monday Night Football game, so I am going to stick with my pick against the spread and the over under as well uh, so I'm sticking with the Giants were plus 10 and a half on Friday when I picked them they are now plus 11 and a half uh, which might actually get to 12 in the next few hours so keep an eye on that as well I like the Giants plus 11 and a half here uh, Tampa Bay looks like they are reeling uh, so I don't I don't want any part of picking them at all to cover any points every time I do it's similar to the Kansas City Chiefs that never have me win, and I always lose. So I'm going to go with the Giants here in Saquon Barkley's return. Um, and I'm going to stick with the under. It's in the EK parlay. I know we're 3 of 5 now, but as I told you guys, it was a six-legger. The under in tonight's game is the sixth leg. So four out of six ain't bad, 66%. Uh, so I love the under here. The Giants defense looks pretty good, uh, and they have looked good for weeks. I know Logan Ryan's not going to be in this football game. He was placed on the COVID list, but the rest of the defense has played well. Uh, and I think Tom Brady, the combo of the Giants defense playing well and Brady struggling a bit uh, to find sync with his wide receivers is going to absolutely love and trend towards the under in this game. Got three player props slash team props for you guys also uh, for the Monday Night Football best bets. First one, uh, honestly, the first two. I like the under for both of the quarterbacks passing tonight. Once again, the defense, uh, Daniel Jones ain't sniffing 250 points, uh, 250 points, 250 yards passing. Uh, it's currently at 100, uh, sorry, 249.5. Uh, so 249 and a half. I took the under there. And Tom Brady's at 298 and a half. I don't think they have to do much, and I think Brady actually gets the running backs involved more than he typically does in terms of his play calling as well as Bruce Arians. So there's going to be a lot more rushing in this game than people would were to expect is what I think, uh, which is why I like both of the unders for the passing yards for both starting quarterbacks. And the final one, the Giants under of 18.5 total points. I hate Daniel Jones, and I'm sorry. It it might be a biased, uh, but he didn't. He hasn't looked good all season. Uh, with Saquon back, it, it seems like they're going to try and get him involved. Even if they don't get him involved as much as people think, it's still more times that Daniel Jones doesn't throw the football. So I, I don't see him getting. I don't see them getting more than three two touchdowns and a field goal max in this football game uh but i think it's relatively low scoring which is why i'm going with them plus the 11 and a half so uh those are the monday night football best bets hope you guys take them you can same game parlay uh the spread and the over under uh but the player props you cannot parlay on DraftKings. i think you can on fanduel if any of you guys use FanDuel as your platform, but you definitely cannot on DraftKings, even though I try to on a regular basis thinking it'll work. 
All right, guys, big week of football in the books, except for the Monday night football game tonight. Good luck to the Giants fans and the Tampa Bay fans out there. Got a few at work. Uh, Also, my own father, uh, who is a Giants fan, so we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, But other than that, week 11 in the books, getting into the thick of things for the NFL football season. Got three good games on Thanksgiving. We'll see what happens with those. First game is going to be pretty stinky, uh, but the Lions may get their first win against the Chicago Bears for the first game of the slate. Then the next game, you have the Raiders and the Cowboys, both trying to turn around their current slumps, uh, as well as the Saints and the Bills going on in the primetime game at the end of the night. So just a little preview to Thanksgiving. Uh, But I will be back uh, for you guys on Wednesday for our injury update and fantasy football update for this current week or I guess the next week being week 12 also going to have a new segment for you guys on Wednesday as well uh, considering the NFC and AFC are very close in terms of wild card teams for the wild card race we're going to do some some wild card projections for some of the teams that are on the fence so Get that is something for you guys to look forward to uh, for the new segment in terms of wild card potential teams slash teams that are close in terms of the playoffs. Who's in? Who's out? Uh, it's going to be a very interesting interesting segment in that episode. So something to look forward for you guys for listening. Uh, once again, the Twitter is up. It is at the All In Man Cave Pod. Uh, no the, but All In Man Cave Pod. Um, and at obviously before it on Twitter. Uh, if you guys have any questions, any feedback, anything that you can offer the podcast in terms of something you want me to read as a question, answer as a question, or just general feedback for the podcast podcast at all, thank you so much. I would appreciate it. Uh, also, thank you so much for listening, everyone, while you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I appreciate it so much. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. We're getting into the thick of things in the NFL. So hopefully we get some some a little bit of change for the genre soon. Get Tyler back on the podcast. Do some some MLB stuff. I know we just had some MVPs reigned uh, for the last MLB season. Uh, so we could get Tyler on the podcast and maybe somebody else uh, as well to offer a little bit of insight on the baseball world. Uh, so just something else to look forward to. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Uh, leave a like, leave a review, uh, follow my, follow me on Twitter. Uh, anything, add me on Facebook, uh, Cole hate C O L E H A Y D as in dog T as in Tom. This is the all in man cave podcast. I will be back on Wednesday. So guys until then later.